Oye, 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 all rise. This is Bizarre Podcast, Dogs Must Die. My name is Grant, you can call him Chip, and we are talking about episodes 43 through 45 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders Battle in Egypt. Getting very close to the end now. They're battling in it's, Egypt. It's, they're battling. They're doing the they're thing. Fucking, it's in Egypt, baby. <laughs> but yeah, this is one of those times where no matter where we ended last time, we were going to end up on a cliffhanger. And so we're starting right off with episode 43, The Miasma of the Void, Vanilla Ice, part two. <laughs> Jumping right off from where we last left off last time, which is mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Vanilla Ice has fucking vaporized Avdol, mm-hmm. chomped down on his uh, sizzling arm stumps. Facing down Polnareff and Iggy, and Silver Chariot stabs the stand. It bleeds. Yeah, it's... I it, So, right off from the start, you know, Vanilla Ice can hide within his stand, so he's just poking his little head out from, from the mouth. Who can, in turn, hide invisibly in a void? <laughs> yeah. He he just tells Polnareff, like, you know, okay, hey, bro, Abdul's dead. He's starting to turn inside out. He's going to turn invisible again, and he says, you know... I am so devoted to Dio, there is no way you can defeat me. And then Polnareff just shoots Silver Chariot out, and he goes, Oh shit, it's really fast! <laughs> Uh-oh! <laughs> and yeah, he, even as he's becoming a very small target, turning inside out and invisible, Silver Chariot gets a, a stab on him. If it bleeds, we can aura aura it. It's oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so so now that uh, uh, we, we have a moment of respite as each side you know, prepares their next attack, Polnareff finally has time to like have emotions yes and in his fury he splits a pool table in half and threatens to tear the entire building down <laughs> you know still coming to terms with what what has happened to avdol and the whole time I- I- iggy is just like a twitching mess mm-hmm. just terrified polnareff is thinking to himself about how he's the one who should have been to die you know avdol avdol did the thing he just told everyone to not do don't sacrifice yourself to save your friends our goal is too mm-hmm. important in mourning this he gets really frustrated and he falls to his knees and it's a good thing he does because the chunk of pillar right behind him where he was previously standing just gets vaporized avdol has saved him from beyond <laughs> yeah so uh meanwhile uh the the darby fighting crew uh we check in with them as they they're, I don't know, just following the sounds of destruction to try to catch up. Yeah. But I think I think this party split was really, you know, smart because the, the whole Polnareff-Avdol uh, connection, very clear. Talk about that a lot. But it's easier to forget that, you know, Avdol set Iggy on his path to heroism as well. Mm, yeah, yeah. So it's smart to have Iggy on this side of the split, too. Like, good, good choice. Good, good, good. Yeah. Both Iggy and Polnareff just book it because, you know, Vanilla Ice's stand is completely invisible, just vaporizes mm-hmm. whatever it touches when it's inside out. There's ba- <laughs> They just don't... Like, what do you do against that? So you just gotta run. Especially once it starts doing sonic spin attacks. <laughs> yeah, it starts doing a lot of spin ball stuff. As they're running, they, they're going down a hallway where they can see an open door. They could just run out of the, the mansion. I love the hallway bit because, like, Polnareff and Iggy are, are running straight down the hallway toward us, the viewer, like mm-hmm. like Crash Bandicoot, basically, uh, <laughs> while while the, this void ball is doing the Scooby-Doo route going yes! 
laterally from door to door on either side. <laughs> yes, I forgot to mention that, but I wrote that down. Just <laughs> Scooby-Doo shit with Void Ball. And they're getting closer and closer to this open door while Polnareff decides, no way am I backing down and running away. He says as he's clearly running away toward the open door where they came in. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stay and fight and kill the shit out of this guy that has killed my friend. After he says that, like... Iggy also gains some resolve to stay and fight, which mm-hmm. is signaled by, <laughs> yeah, his very tiny short tail goes from limp to straight up. And that means time to fuck shit up. And so just as they're about to reach the, the door to the outside, they just make a 90 degree turn and then they start going up a set of stairs instead, which is a very good idea on their part because Vanilla Ice was just sitting there in the threshold to the outdoors, invisible. And if they just tried to run through that, they just would have died. So then Vanilla Ice pops out of his stand halfway, which I love. Yes! Like, he, he's in like a magic floating chair, but his chair is a guy. Yeah, there's multiple different parts throughout this fight where he pops out of his stand to varying like different amounts. So sometimes it almost looks like he's wearing like a weird hoodie or something, but he's it's just a guy's mouth. Yeah. He's poking out of. Like I I spent so long thinking like what does this remind me of? Why what what is this like tickling in my brain? This is hmm. like super extra anime venom, basically. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's basically what that is. Yeah. So throughout this whole fight, I think it, by this point, you've already heard it a couple of times. I like the sound design for the stand whenever yes. it's in <laughs> in its void form and it's just cutting, you know, holes through stuff because it's like this weird distorted like buzzing like noise. It's super crunchy. It's it's really like over compressed. Like yeah. they invented deep fried memes, basically. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it sounds like that, but it's really good at conveying, hey, this is just a little pocket of an alternate dimension just <laughs> devouring whatever it's touching. It's yeah, a cool yeah, sound. Yeah. But as Polnareff and Iggy run upstairs, when they get up to the next floor, there's already just a big hole cut through the floor. Like, Vanilla Ice says, I have to take the stairs. He just goes up. Yeah. <laughs> he just goes up and he's there. So so Polnareff and Iggy show their resolve with this super cool pose. Like, uh, Polnareff yeah. is in a deep crouch with one leg stuck out. While Iggy is up on his shoulder like a, a parrot on, on good old Blackbeard, but faced <laughs> the other way around. So they're watching each other's backs. Yeah. I would absolutely get a figurine of this. Probably not, oh, but man. I would consider it. It'd be like... Yeah, I, I could see, depending on the size, it going up to like 180 bucks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But it would good... look cool as hell. and I would... It would look cool as hell. I would want that as like a gift, maybe. But <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they they've got their backs. They're they're thinking, okay, there's no way, you know, Vanilla Ice can can get to us here. We you know we we've covered the whole room. Mm-hmm. We got our stands out. We're ready. And you know it's serious time because Polnareff's nose is like perfectly aligned with Iggy's ass, and the temptation <laughs> yes! must be stifling. Yeah, the camera angle really makes it look like okay, Iggy's gonna fart for all time's sake. It's like no man, he's focused. <laughs> he's got no time to fart. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's my favorite Indiana Jones quote. No no time to fart, Dr. Jones. <laughs> so yeah, it seems like they, they've got the, the whole room covered, but the camera pans down and right below, underneath Polnareff's foot, the stand just starts to materialize and, you know, its its mouth is completely wrapped around Polnareff's foot. 
and starts to grow and Polnareff just barely notices it in time to try and stab the, the Stan's face. But it's too late. His toes have been bitten off. Yeah, just, just his toes are in a different dimension now. <laughs> Polnareff can't really run away now. He's missing all of his fucking toes <laughs> on one foot. Like his boot is like smoking, like sizzling, like God. So so now starts uh, Silver Chariot doing a series of just furious, reckless, unfocused attacks. Uh, j- just mm. flailing, but flailing for a purpose, because as always, the attack oh, yeah. is never what someone's trying to do. This is all just, just covered to put up a smokescreen to disguise an escape. Mm-hmm. I like that there's a bit where these attacks from the Silver Chariot are, and all the destruction it's causing are so furious, it's just causing like the whole building to shake. Everyone can feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the rest of the gang and somewhere else in the mansion go like oh shit that's that must be polnareff and avdol no mention of iggy and then there's just a shot of dio just laying on his bed reading a book (laughs) it's like the camera violently shakes and he just doesn't give a fuck the neighbors are going to complain again i shall eat them yes (laughs) but yeah the whole room has been destroyed and through that destruction Polnareff and Iggy are just gone. Mm-hmm. They're just hiding somewhere amidst all the, the rubble now. It is forcing Vanilla Ice to like actually come out of his alternate dimension and look around to see where they are. Uh, while he's looking around, uh, fucking Dio's just coming down the stairs. Yes. Dio is like checking in on, on his bud, on his final lieutenant. And maybe my favorite Dio line ever. <laughs> That's quite <laughs> the ruckus, Cool Ice. <laughs> Could you describe the ruckus? <laughs> you know, as he he's coming th- down the stairs, he's standing right behind Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice is telling him, like, oh, Lord Dio, you shouldn't, you know, be here. I can take care of the- these interlopers. Dio begins to raise one arm, getting ready to fucking karate chop this dude. Yes. We know he's vulnerable to karate chops. It's killed him before. <laughs> <laughs> right when he's he's lifting his arm, you can see that off the, the side of Dio's raised hand, there's actually sand dripping from it because mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is a decoy made by Iggy. And both Iggy and Avdol are hiding within the staircase. I think yes. these stairs are also, also made sand. out of sand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And so like just the tops of their heads are poking out from a st- stair step. <laughs> Iggy made a Dio. Iggy's a very good boy, except Iggy doesn't know that much about Dio. He's only a baby. It's not his fault. Uh, uh, yeah. Vanilla Ice knows this is not the real Dio, for one, uh, because there's light uh, pouring in the windows, and Dio is a vampire. He doesn't do that sort of thing. Yeah. And second, Dio doesn't micromanage. Uh, D- Dio would just yeah. let Cool Ice finish the job that he was given and and, and not come by to, to supervise like this. Like, he says Dio would never come down to the second floor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone rings the doorbell, there's a package of delivery food, Dio doesn't go down there. Yeah, that's Darby's someone, job. Someone else? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so as this decoy Dio brings his hand down for a karate chop, Vanilla Ice sees right through it. He chops the this fake Dio's arm off, knowing that you know Dio would never come down here, the sunlight, all that shit. And so he, he destroys this, this decoy. Thankfully, because Iggy's stand is just sand, whenever the these decoys he makes get destroyed iggy doesn't get hurt by this yeah yeah, because otherwise 
Vanilla Ice just turns into a void and just dashes through this fake Dio. Otherwise, Iggy should have just exploded. (laughs) You know, after destroying this decoy, Polnareff and Iggy get split up here. Iggy gets cornered by Vanilla Ice and gets fucking decked across his little puppy jaw. Yeah, Iggy has tempted fate long enough just by being a living dog, and it is time to pay the piper. (laughs) Oh no, it's happening. Dogs must die. Something that, that jumped out to me was Cool Ice saying that Dio is a man of his word and, and mm. has never betrayed anybody. Is that true? Mm. Like, in this century at least, I think he's right? I think so. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't think Dio has ever betrayed anyone that isn't one of his direct relations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because also we just haven't really seen him interact much with too many other people. That's true. Like, That's true. Uh, sending assassins to kill Enya... Maybe a betrayal. Maybe that's Maybe. part of her contract. We didn't see. I don't know. She might have known. <laughs> yeah, what, what what type of legally binding documents have they signed with Dio? Is it just all word, you know, just spoken word? Does Dio have a lawyer? <laughs> I mean, Dio went to school, so he yeah. probably knows how to write all this shit. <laughs> at, least, at least for how it would work in the 1800s, but... It's all the same. You know, he's just got to yeah. brush up on some recent case law, and he's good to go. <laughs> That's what that's all, that's what he. That's what the, the book time. is. Yes. That's what the books that's are. The book. Yes. <laughs> Wait a minute! You're telling me Egypt is an independent nation now? What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, maybe he's got to brush up on world history too. <laughs> Just catch up with what's been going on for a hundred years. I came here because it was a protectorate. Wait a minute. <laughs> so uh, Iggy's getting the absolute shit kicked out of him. Yes. Yes. Yeah. As uh, Vanilla Ice shouts, quote, I will kick you to death. Yeah. Like, he he is so pissed off that Iggy forced him to attack even something that's just in the image of Dio. Even Mm -hmm, that is mm -hmm. is extremely upsetting to him. And so he says, Iggy doesn't deserve the quick death of being, you know, sent to an alternate dimension. So he's just... He comes... comes completely out of his stand he's just a guy right now and he's just kicking the ever-loving shit out of fuck iggy and it's i hate it we've seen a lot of dogs die obviously but this is the first time we've watched a dog suffer it is not good (laughs) yeah he iggy's just up against the wall getting the shit kicked out of him although i do like that iggy even at this point still has fighting spirit because like even though he is like already near death's door you know, can barely keep his eyes open. There's a point where Vanilla Ice stops kicking and Iggy basically just goes like, hey, fuck you. And he just does like this like shitty little smirk at him. And I think he farts. I think he farts at his oppressor. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, he's just sitting in his pool of dog blood. Yep. Vanilla Ice's taunts uh, do note that Iggy was not mentioned by Dio as as one of these faithful, you know, fight to to the very last Jojo friends. (laughs) Yeah. And this whole time, Polnareff's been trying to help Iggy, but he's pretty far away now, and Mm -hmm. he can't walk. His his toes, his toes are all fucked up, so he's just been slowly crawling. Yeah, it it wouldn't be noble to to watch this guy just hopping along on one foot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but Polnareff is able to get close enough to pull Silver Silver Chariot out Mm -hmm. as Vanilla Ice pulls himself inside out again. I like this part. I like how Polnareff figures out how to see Vanilla Ice when he's in this alternate dimension. Polnareff is dedicated to saving Iggy. He he loves his good friend. And like, <laughs> yeah, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure does not worry about showing a relationship grow. We, we just, mm-hmm. they stop being actively hostile once the joke wears out. And then they are sworn brothers in arms. We, 
<laughs> we don't care about the middle. Skip the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Just get to the good stuff. And mm-hmm. and so now we're doing combo attacks as Silver Chariot uh, does all these big sweeping uh, uh, slashes, not to perform any sort of attack, but to create a whirlwind that turns all of Iggy's sand from the fool into a big sand cloud that fills the room. The void ball cannot help but destroy things it touches. So you just follow the gap in the sand to to mm-hmm. pinpoint it. Yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. Yeah, and, and Polnareff has also figured out that, so, well, when Vanilla Ice is inside out in void ball form, he's in an alternate dimension, so he can't see what is in the, the normal dimension. Yes. So he's just floating around blind, essentially, and can only actually see where Polnareff is when he, you know, pokes his head out of his stand's mouth. And so Polnareff basically just waits. He just follows the... The, the gap in the sand waits for vanilla ice to poke his head out and he's already there he just skewers vanilla ice through his tongue and through his head and his spinal cord more mouth violence always the mouth, mouth violence. violence this is this is literally the first real fight in all noah zero <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That was like a 2000s or early 2010s mech show that's okay. (laughs) All right. I haven't even heard of this one. If you wanted to see the logic of stand fights applied to uh, military sci-fi, this is the show for you. Okay. Every third episode where they actually have a mech fight is for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Hmm. yeah, episode three, there is giant mech that is covered in this uh, impenetrable barrier. Munitions can't get through that uh, uh, laser weapons can't uh, uh, damage. And like Hmm. this mech just walks through fucking buildings. It's just like the void, right? Okay. And so the way they beat it is like the the special pilot boy figures, well, that thing's fucking blind. If our lasers can't (laughs) get through, then uh, visible light can't either. So, <laughs> oh man! And then they bait it onto a bridge that falls into a river, and they watch where the the uh, water of the river isn't getting instantly vaporized. Like ah, that is the one point where the barrier isn't because that's where his antenna is to listen to his spotters. Stab mm. that. Okay, <laughs> it's wow, really yeah. cool. <laughs> that that does sound really cool. That is the high point of the entire show, and yes, it's literally this. Damn. It's always fun whenever you watch something, especially if you, it's something you've watched before JoJo, and then you go back, it's like, oh shit, that's just from JoJo. <laughs> it, it happens so much. So yeah, Vanilla Ice has gotten a, a sword through his mouth, <laughs> through his fucking spinal cord. And so Silver Cherry just wiggles it around. <laughs> yeah, he fucking just... <laughs> Just wiggles the sword around to, to just stir everything up there. As disgusting but, uh, as it is ineffective. <laughs> it does nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Vanilla Ice uh, doesn't give a fuck. You can tell he's in a lot of pain, but he says this doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm, mm. I, I'm good. So yeah, even though he's got this thing straight through his fucking face, one, it's impressive that he can talk with a sword through his tongue. Yes. But yeah, he says, you know, he, he is so devoted to Dio that he can't, he doesn't have time to feel pain and he can't die either. And so he just grabs Silver Chariot by the throat and then gra- also grabs his Silver Chariot's uh, wrist mm-hmm. 
just starts beating on him, trying to crush Polnareff's arm. So Polnareff is just forced to pull the sword out. As, as he begins getting dismantled piece by piece, like he's got a yeah. broken arm. He he gets a couple fingers torn off. Uh, we're, we're going yes. back into the void ball and he gets a chunk of his entire thigh just obliterated. Yeah. Oh, man. It's real messed up just because it's like it's it's his stand that gets the thigh torn out first and so you just see Polnareff and it just a chunk of his thigh just ejects from his body despite clearly preferring a creamy brie he's becoming swiss cheese instead <laughs> so yeah Polnareff's getting really fucked up he's just getting whole chunks of him just carved off while the void ball of ice is just tearing the mansion apart blindly a- absolutely furious attacks decimating this room hoping to hit Polnareff in the crossfire and in this random motion while he's like dance dodging or or rather silver chariot is doing like Mm -hmm. uh, pirouettes and cartwheels and shit yeah that that part's animated pretty well it looks cool with iggy barely alive yeah yeah polnareff himself just is basically immobilized he's just stuck laying on the floor he uses silver chariot to grab iggy and and pull him back to himself Mm -hmm. what vanilla ice has started doing since he's just going blind is he's starting from the outer perimeter of the the room and he's just going in a spiral pattern just closing in closer and closer to the center of the room so no so that no matter what he's eventually going to get polnareff literally circling in on them yeah yeah, he, yeah. He, he's got a pattern like he's playing battleship basically he's going to <laughs> yeah. find you yeah so polnareff is trying to think of a plan uh, on how to get out of this all of the different ideas he has get get listed <laughs> well, out on screen. Well, so so Polnareff spends a few minutes like <laughs> seeing the threat coming and trying to figure out yeah. what he can and can't do. And it leads to this incredible, incredible moment. Here here are two consecutive lines of dialogue set up set aloud. Yes. First, I can't possibly dodge him like this, followed immediately by somehow I dodged it. <laughs> That's yeah. that's bullshit. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm very upset at the possible ramifications on his future cartooning career. With all these hand injuries he's he's sustained. Oh God, yeah. Speedwagon Foundation's got to have some robot fingers. But can robot fingers really recreate the the soul of mm. a uh, cigar smoking cat? <laughs> I don't know. So so yes, uh, Polnareff's to do list. You you were saying. Yeah, it, this gets typed out on the screen, and it mm-hmm. says, select the best answer from three options. One, the handsome Polnareff will devise the perfect counterattack just in the nick of time. Two, his friends will come and save him. Three, he won't be able to dodge the attack. Life's a bitch. So welcome to Choose Your Own Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> and so Polnareff thinks to himself, boy, I would really love if number two would happen <laughs> right about now. <laughs> Like, this is his actual thought process. He makes mental yeah. lists and numbers them. But he thinks number two isn't likely to happen. We, you know, they only enter the mansion 10 minutes ahead of us. They could still be in a fight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who knows if they're even still alive? Uh, Silver Chariot is trying to pull him uh, uh, out of the path to safety, but Silver Chariot's not a particularly strong stand physically. Yeah. Uh, uh, and especially with all the, the beating he's already gotten, just, just can't do it. Uh, yeah. So I don't know which number that is, but it's not working regardless. Yeah, he, he he's trying number one and it ain't working. He's able to at least move Iggy outside of the, the perimeter already like destroyed by Vanilla Ice. And so the narrator d- declares number three, life's a bitch. And I guess the narrator never liked Polnareff very much because <laughs> yeah. he sounds very excited about this. 
yeah, he, narrator really just wanted to say life's a bitch. Iggy is now, you know, at least for now, safe. Kind, he's kind of hiding in the path already carved into the floor. Yes. And and Polnareff is still in the center, soon to be vaporized. But Iggy is, with the last of his strength, trying to stand up and conjure his his stand once more to try and save save Polnareff. He can't even keep the fool coherent. At one point, he stumbles and falls down, and blood explodes out of his mouth when his chin hits the ground. <laughs> yeah, Pol- Polnareff is telling Iggy, "Hey, fucking stay put. If you try to conjure your stand, you know your ribs are gonna like. I think you have broken ribs. They might puncture your." lungs even deeper and then you're gonna die mm-hmm. uh so just stay put you know rest up they are competing to see which one survives <laughs> yeah. which one saves the others so that they will survive and tell my story stand users live for the drama they do they love it always and so Polnareff, looking at Iggy, says, you know, I guess Vanilla Ice just wanted the the win more than I did. And as the uh, the void starts barreling up from behind him, you know, he just basically just waves at Iggy and just says, you know, like, see you later, bud, and uh, appears to get vaporized by Vanilla Ice as a single one of his broken heart earrings just falls and clatters on the floor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Strains of organ music are, are yes. just uh, streaming through. through. The stand has grown gigantic, filling the screen with, with this light as, as Polnareff yeah. ascends into heaven, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Fiend. As we see, you know, just like Iggy's wide, wide open eyes, just, you know, watching Polnareff get vaporized. And that's the end of episode 43. Which brings us to episode 44, The Miasma of the Void, Vanilla Ice, part three. Yeah. And we begin on Joseph Joestar, Stand Detective. <laughs> hmm, there's a big hole in the wall. <laughs> yeah, he, he sees the, the billiard table split in half and thinks... There might have been a stand fight right around here. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. I think Avdol and the others had a brush with evil. So yeah, he's just commanding his grandson and just like, hey, punch through these walls. What's going on over here? What's going on over here? <laughs> so meanwhile, back in the fight proper, Vanilla Ice displays a, an understanding of liability that I don't think would stand up in court. <laughs> uh, uh, he is blaming all of his wounds and injuries on Avdol. Yeah. Because Avdol selflessly saved Polnareff at the, the cost of his own life. Uh, so everything Polnareff has done to him really is the result of Avdol's nobility and selflessness. As he comes out of his stand, he is just blood is just pouring out of him. Yes. Uh, he's not in a good way <laughs> yeah but he's still good enough to fight he he resolves that okay well i'm done with polnareff time to go kill the the other three but as he says that a whole bunch of blood starts dripping from the ceiling mm-hmm. and he looks up and polnareff is glued to the ceiling with sand yeah yeah it's it's weird to think that when sam raimi did this scene he had more restraint <laughs> you don't really associate sam raimi and restraint <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, uh, Polnareff is up on the ceiling get, getting a fool hug. Iggy smiles one more time, knowing that he's saved Polnareff, and then coughs up a fucking like eight gallons of blood all at once and appears to die. Yeah, y- you've heard of a death rattle. How about a death sneeze? That's what the dog does. <laughs> yeah, as that happens, the, the fool hug that Polnareff is getting begins to dissolve and, and he falls from the ceiling. And this is when Polnareff knows that Iggy has died Mm -hmm. uh, because he he can't feel like his life energy from the sand anymore. So as he falls and shouts Iggy's name, he he comes down in vanilla ice and just skewers him straight through the brain. Yes. And not 
and <laughs> doesn't stop there. No. He grabs he grabs uh, Silver Chariot's sword and twists it so hard that he completely snaps Vanilla Ice's fucking neck. Polnareff is a bit of a dirty fighter. Like he Yeah. But Silver Chariot has always been so like poised and noble and and this like exaggerated elegant form. So to, to watch Silver Chariot go brutal is a big shift. Like this yeah. this leaves an impact. <laughs> yeah. And and so we get the the requisite Polnareff remembering how much he loved Iggy even when he was being shitty to him at the start with his more fucked up dog face. Yeah, it's only been two weeks since we talked about an, an Iggy montage. But to be fair, it's been five weeks. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, if you were going episode by episode as they aired. Yeah. And so as Polnareff is is looking at, you know, Iggy's lifeless body, you know, as we have seen before uh, a couple of times when people die, or at least good people usually die, you can see mm-hmm. their their spirit like just kind of like smoke rising off of their body. But in this case, it's not smoke. It is the sand yeah. left behind by the fool. And so out, out the window, the stream of sand goes and it coalesces as it rises into the clouds into the form of Avdol with Iggy on his shoulder. Yep. Uh, uh, and and they're like smiling and oh oh that's that's a sweet tribute yeah or rather where's the Avdol montage though where, where's <laughs> right? the, all the fun Avdol moments yeah where, where's all those times he did his little tisk tisk yes I am bit he did for like two weeks <laughs> where, where's his audio camouflage against Geb yeah yeah although the the, the smoke the the like tribute to them happens a, a little bit later but yeah as, as Avdol is like looking at I- Iggy's lifeless body uh, Vanilla Ice gets up again. He doesn't just get up. He snaps straight up like the fucking Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. And he aims to keep the streak alive, motherfucker. <laughs> so yeah, Van- Vanilla Ice gets up and, and is leaping towards, you know, Polnareff from behind. But Polnareff, he, he already knows this shit's going to happen again. And so mm-hmm. Silver Terry does a pretty cool, like, really fast rapid stab, but like backwards, like behind him without even looking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's stabbing Vanilla Ice with such force that he's causing him to, like, ping-pong off the walls and ceiling. <laughs> and and uh, Polnareff's quote, uh, as he launches this, like, no-look 360 no-scope, yeah. is, is, I figured out what you are, cool ice. Oh. <laughs> oh. See, it, it seems that Ice has become so resilient because Dio's blood made him a vampire. But yep. guess what? Sun's up, motherfucker. Time to die. Yep. He, he cuts up a bunch of boards covering up a window. Even Vanilla Ice hasn't really realized that he has been slowly transforming to a vampire during the fight. And mm-hmm. so, at, like a dumbass and full of rage, he just keeps trying to run into the sun and he keeps just destroying more and more of his body. But he can't not go after Polnareff because Polnareff is mocking Dio. Yeah. His, his commitment to Dio is so strong that he has to make, like, the most direct move against him. Can't, like step around the direct beam of sunlight. <laughs> yeah. So enraged is he. And like the final, the final blow is just cool as shit. Oh, it's so good. Silver Chariot gives him a gentle little shoulder bump. So he loses his uh, uh, balance just enough to tumble forward into the beam of light from the window. And that's it. That's all she wrote. Yep. The ice is melted. Yeah. And yeah, this is af- once Vanilla Ice is, is defeated, yeah, this is where we get the the like golden smoke out the window materializing mm-hmm. into Abdul and Polnareff. But yeah, it's it's good. I, I like the the way they go out there. But yeah, goddamn. 
two of the main <laughs> cast are dead now. We thought Hangman was scary because he killed one guy. He didn't even kill that guy. He didn't even kill that guy. Fucking Vanilla Ice took two dudes out. He took out a third of the main cast on his own. <laughs> Dio, you have to kill everyone now or you're getting shown up by your own dude. Yeah. Yeah, and like Vanilla Ice, you know, he just one hit kills one of the main cast. Optal doesn't even get to fight back. I mean, he saves people, but he's just done in one hit. So so Polnareff is also focused on the threat of Dio and is like, well, time to keep going. Yeah. He- dude, how are you going to climb stairs? <laughs> you're yeah. so fucked up. Yeah. Polnareff takes time to shed one tear as he, you know, like clenches his fists and the, the screen pauses and we we get those cards you usually get for when enemy stand users are defeated where it says you know like retired or defeated or you know out of commission or whatever but it just says Avdol deceased iggy deceased mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so while all that crazy drama is happening let's check in on suzy q <laughs> <laughs> this isn't necessarily a hard cut because it is the mid-episode it's, break. Yeah, yeah. We, we get an eye-catch title card of The Fool for one last shot. Yeah. Why not Vanilla Ice's stand? I don't know. Vanilla Ice's stand is never even named right. in the show. Right. What is the name of that stand? It marks a complete inversion from, you know, the first half where we know all the stands, but some of the users are like, uh, who cares? We'll name them 10, 10 years later for a fighting game. Yeah. Right, his stand is named Cream. Uh, after the the blues slash psychedelic slash prog rock band that had Eric Clapton in it, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Not the Wu Tang song. <laughs> that that would that would be later. Yeah. God, yeah, I completely forgot that they just don't even name the stand. Not in dialogue, they don't. Yeah. yeah. So, so yes, in Japan, it has been 43 days since we last saw Japan properly, mm-hmm. aside from, you know, the, the occasional cutaway check-in. And now Suzy Q wants some goddamn soba. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's been being driven by uh, her butler or personal assistant, whatever, uh, Roses, Rosas. Mm-hmm. And accompanied by unnamed uh, Speedwagon Man. A, a, a Speedwagon guy with a face severe enough that he looks like he should be very important. <laughs> He's the third brother of the, the two helicopter Speedwagon Man. <laughs> yeah, that's what he looks like, actually, yeah. So yeah, Susie Q, uh, being driven around by these two guys, she she's like, ooh, ooh, stop, we, I gotta go get Soba, this place looks great. Uh, she's here hold my turtle for me yeah, hold my pet turtle that she's just carrying around this turtle never explained never named <laughs> no, she's just got you a couldn't turtle. get a turtle sitter <laughs> it's her security turtle this turtle is the size of like a rugby ball it's a big turtle this is a big ass turtle so yeah Susie q gets out of the car she's got to have soba at this place she she's set her eyes on she's got a little video camera she's being a little bit of an obnoxious tourist and, and filming everything including pointing the camera at homeless people just trying to get a nap on the dang road this is literal poverty tourism like mark from rent is two blocks away on his international <laughs> vacation doing the same dang thing yeah as she steps into the soba restaurant the speedwagon guy talks to rosas about like hey have you you should really tell Susie q that like her her daughter is in a real bad way it's like <laughs> she Susie q has decided we're going on a trip to, to japan to see my daughter because she just thinks right now that her daughter has pneumonia which is bad enough a 43 day case of pneumonia <laughs> yeah it's that's really bad actually that's terrible that's, that's bad that's that's very bad so yeah rosas is as he usually is whenever we see him right now just sweating bullets and just 
I think we said this last time. He really feels like he has picked up the mantle of uh, of Speedwagon himself, or maybe even Smokey a little bit, and how much he just worries and grieves for the Joe Stars. Yeah, yeah, but that's all he's picked up from them. He is not cool in any <laughs> no, way. No, no, yeah. Uh, so, so we learn about how he's been with the family for thirty years. He he reminisces about like driving little Holly to grade school. Yeah. And so he does not have the heart to, to tell Susie the truth about how dire the situation is. Yeah. So we have a fantasy cutaway to how dire the situation is as uh, uh, Holly's body is being strangled by these stand vines that are invisible to everyone watching them. I don't know if there are any stand-using doctors. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, maybe it's good she can't see the truth because these are some very creepy vines. It looks disturbing. Oh, boy. The the shot showing her getting wrapped up by the vines is real horny. Uh, <laughs> I didn't need to see... Jotaro's mom's ass, but I go. I get where uh, Kakuin is coming from now. <laughs> Good lord! Uh, let, let me let me give you a relevant quote about this. Uh, quote: In hindsight, it was a little too erotic, and I regret this choice. Yes, that's from series director Naokatsu Tsuda. Yeah, <laughs> it's you're getting like an under ass and under boob shot. Come on! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good lord. Uh, Rosas is like, okay, are we extra super duper sure that killing Dio will actually get rid of the curse? And the, this Speedwagon guy is just like, yep, that's how it works. Yeah. Yep, 100%. <laughs> We're good. I don't know how much expertise Speedwagon has in dispelling curses, but it sounds like they've done it before. Yeah, yeah. There is some other bad dude that developed a stand all of a sudden, which cursed their their descendants. And so they murdered him yep. and their descendants got better. That's the <laughs> only way he can be that sure is if we've done this scenario before. Yeah. So Susie Q is still having a good old time just videotaping everything. She starts videotaping a guy who appears to be like a Yakuza thug, uh, and he gets real pissed off. I love that this is, you know, we're, we're in late 80s Japan, and this dude is straight out of a hyper-violent OVA. Yes. Like, he doesn't quite look like it, obviously, because he, he looks like a contemporary TV uh, uh, anime, mm-hmm. but his, his behavior is absolutely like, yeah. if you look at me, I will destroy you. Yeah. And he, he's getting real threatening at Suzy Q. So Rosas comes in with a big-ass kick. He knows how to fight, and he fucks this dude up. I was expecting him to bring out his stand, a Buick, but no, he just <laughs> kicks him in the face. <laughs> yeah, that would be his stand. <laughs> Maybe that's the car they're driving right now, is that's his stand. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he still cannot bring to tell Suzy Q about this. So, okay, we're just going to drive her to to Holly's home. <laughs> Rosas is bringing the November pain. There we go. How about that? <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the closer and closer they get to the, the Cujo home, the more and more he just worries and, and just the, the burden he is bearing on his shoulders is so great. Uh, but before he can even tell her, Suzy Q already knows. Like she just says, you know, I know you're worrying about something. I don't know exactly what it is, but I know that my husband and my grandson are out there fighting for some reason. And it's to save Holly. It took her entire life, but <laughs> Susie Q has figured out a thing. Yeah. I'm so proud of her. Good job. <laughs> yeah, she she seems to have known for a while. And she has basically just kept up the, the, the cheerful attitude for the sake of everyone else, basically. Imagine. 
imagine you're reading this week to week. Imagine you are a 1992 uh, a Shonen Jump reader. Yeah. And after that uh, uh, just brutal, exhilarating fight, you know, we have fallen comrades. Immediately you cut to Soba Adventures <laughs> and a guy on the sidewalk that just doesn't want to be videotaped and wondering, what? Yeah, where the fuck is Dio? I want Dio. <laughs> I can never remember if this is an anime exclusive thing or if it was in the manga. It is not listed as such on the wiki, which I've been using as my guide. I don't know if that's as comprehensive as it might want to be, but it is. (laughs) I feel it's been pretty comprehensive so far, at least when I've checked up on my on my hardcovers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's they, they finally arrived at the Cujo home. Susie Q is there finally to to meet her daughter and they they embrace and hug and. You know, this this is so beautiful that Rosas just cannot help but stand outside and cry. Of course. I love Susie's line about how uh, Joseph has never broken a promise in 50 years. Yes. Which which sounds a lot like saying that, that Dio is perfectly honorable and has never betrayed anyone ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe he's never broken a promise to you, but he will swindle anyone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And and with that, we get back to the rest of the boys who are still alive, mm-hmm. ru- running through the mansion. And <laughs> you'd think Dio is up next, but we've got one more freak to deal with. One more freak with a backstory. There's this little weird dude <laughs> in like a, a tiger skin print hat. <laughs> He's a, just this little goblin guy. He's got his ear to the floor listening for the, the Joe stars running around. Uh, he is sure that, you know, the last three stand users have been incompetent. Billy Jean, you might have a point there. But yeah. the other two guys seem like pretty heavy hitters. Yeah. He's basically just remembering when the, the older kids at school bullied him, essentially. Because <laughs> yeah. they, they all have stands and he doesn't. He's just a vampire. He's just a shitty vampire. And uh, this flashback is also the only time Billie Jean speaks. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. In silhouetted Billie Jean, Joseph and Jotaro and and Kakuin ascend some stairs. This woman comes out from a door, like terrified, like, oh, please have mercy. Don't kill me. Don't suck my blood. All this stuff. Oh, look, lunch. What are you doing out of the kitchen? Get back in there. (laughs) Get back in the fridge. Dio wants a frozen treat. Yeah. You know, she just falls to her knees and, and, and all this stuff, just begging for, for mercy. And, and Joseph is like, oh, hold on. Calm down, miss. You know, we're not going to hurt you, all this stuff. And they have already immediately caught on that this lady is clearly a, tra- a trap. It's just the little goblin man. Yeah. like It's okay. We're good guys. And then Star Platinum just brutalizes this <laughs> woman, just destroys her face. Like, yeah. We're good at punching evil. Yeah, and it th- this is this lady <laughs> is just the vampire. His his special power is just that on the back of his head, he's got a lady's face and he can just <laughs> twist his legs and arms around to face the other way. <laughs> but he doesn't do it perfectly well because the tell was his thumbs were on the wrong side of his lady <laughs> hands. Yeah. Yeah, he's just like, "How did you know? It's no one sees through my disguise." No, nah, dude, you're dumb. Your hands are fucked up. They were trained to look at weird thumbs on the wrong side of hands. Yeah. Like that's, that was a thing for like a third of their journey. Yeah. And that lady only had one messed up hand. Both of your hands are wrong. <laughs> like, So anyhow, uh, uh, th- this part where uh, there's someone with essentially two heads fused together in one body. Uh, 
I cannot help but be reminded of uh, Plato's Symposium <laughs> and uh, Aristophanes's uh, account of the origin of love, where you know people used to have two heads until we were split in half by the gods for our caprice <laughs> and hubris. Right. Yeah. And that the the act of love is the recognition of finding our other half and reuniting. Mm-hmm. But I guess I'm just built different like that. <laughs> So this little goblin man, <laughs> they all realize he's a vampire, but at this point, the power of enemy uh, of foes has escalated so high that just a vampire on its own is just nothing anymore. It's like, oh, mm-hmm, this guy's mm-hmm. a shitty little vampire. That means he's immoral, so we can just beat him up as much as we want. You know, they just punch him through 18 walls and, and stuff and just go like, hey, just lead us to Dio. Uh, it's nice for a dungeon to have a little like last chance way to grind XP before yeah, the boss. Yeah, this is a level one the, goblin. Please don't punch me. If you just go around the corner, there's a little potion stand too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, Jotaro beats him up a bunch and and convinces him to to lead them all to where Dio's lair is. The credits roll, but that's not the end. We get a little post credit scene here. Yes, yes. As uh, we see Polnareff. Uh, doing some first aid, tying up his his destroyed thigh and 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 toes enough so that he he's able to walk again. Yeah, he's uh, uh, shredded bits of fabric from Dio's very good curtains. Yeah, his apparently medicinal curtains. <laughs> Only the best for Dio. And so yeah, Pol- Polnareff's practically good as new. And as he looks up to the top of the staircase, there is Dio in all of his glory with a fog machine running <laughs> at full blast, baby. Yeah, yeah. Dio's all about the aesthetic. He is. He's got a, he it's it's dark here, but he's made sure to have one light set up behind him. Mm-hmm. You know, just to to give off the right atmosphere and stuff. Yeah. This, this is our first clearest so far look at Dio's like new new look, new costume. His, yeah. A uh, tiny little earring below his uh, uh three moles on that ear. Mm-hmm. His pants situation. <laughs> yeah. His so his pants kind of got a, the the waist of him are kind of weird his pants don't meet up. his pants look like he's constantly taking them off yeah so he he seems to be kind of wearing like a full body like bathing suit almost with pants that have such a wide crotch on them that there's no way to button them or zip them up yes they're just open hell yes and he's got like green suspenders that are just hanging on the waist that he's not actually using <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's the end of episode 44, which leads to 40, episode 45, Dio's World Part 1, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which, yeah, we're, we're starting up on the, the stairs with Dio and Polnareff. The smoky, smoky stairs. The smoky stairs. As Dio and Polnareff trade tough guy talk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Polnareff is no longer scared of Dio. You know, he, he has conquered his weakness of, of, of you know being taken over by the flesh bud uh, six months ago. And and Dio is doing doing his thing, uh, <laughs> basically just trying to do pull off his charisma checks again, mm-hmm. and just recruit Polnareff again to his side. Polnareff is not having it. He's continually disrespecting the curtains yeah. that have saved his life. But yeah, fuck him anyway. They're Dio curtains. <laughs> yeah, fuck he, those curtains. He just keeps spitting blood all over the curtains. Polnareff, you know, saying, I have no fear of you anymore. I'm, and, and Dio's just like, okay, well, if you want to fucking come at me, then try and climb these stairs, dude. And so Polnareff takes one step up the stairs and Dio laughs going and, and says like, oh, I guess you are scared of me because you've gone down those stairs. And then Polnareff looks, looks down and goes like, what the fuck? And he's gone down two steps. Que surprise. 
Uh, but <laughs> he doesn't just take a step up the stairs. No, the camera zooms in and like spins around his foot. Yeah. So we see it from every angle, like fucking matrix bullet time as he <laughs> climbs the stairs using some of the same like CGI uh, uh, camera tricks from like, say, the police station yeah. back in the, the first episode of Stardust Crusaders. Yeah. But essentially, the secret of Dio stand is gaslighting. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like, th- this this going down after climbing up thing happens enough times that Polnareff does think he's losing his mind. Yeah, like, it, you know, before it, there have been, like, cuts where it's just like, oh, he clearly takes a step up, but now he's down. But there's, like, a just a single uncut shot where you see... Polnareff run up several steps and then he just teleports back down several steps like he just cannot get Mm -hmm. up the stairs and so it is time it is time to reveal the world that is right Dio's stand the world and our final tarot card Mm -hmm. Araki's tarot art is like one of the closest to traditional uh, uh, tarot depictions Mm-hmm. The feminine figure in the middle, an Iraqi original, but but the four beasts, one in each corner, is like straight up like that. There it is. That's the thing. Yeah. But the, the world stands for assured success. Mm-hmm. So pretty rough thing to fight. Uh, recompense, voyage, route, emigration, flight, and change of place. Okay. Some of those things this- fit with Dio, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This this is both Dio and what we've seen so far of this thing's powers pretty, pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. That's the world, baby. Yeah. Polnareff is starting to get scared now just because he can't climb the fucking stairs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Dio stands up and he pulls out the world. You don't get a completely full view of it because it's, you know, it's, it's hovering over him uh, a bit mm-hmm. here. It's a golden superhero with an anvil helmet and a jetpack. Yeah, so, it, yeah, it looks like a jetpack, but... So the world kind of has, like, a, a diver theme. The jetpack is actually an oxygen tank, and it's got tubes ah. going up to its neck, and it's got a couple other things on its design uh, that we'll see later on that, yeah, it, it's kind of like a, a, a diver's, like, get-up, which I think is meant like to... A, re- like a holy diver? Like Ronnie James Dio? Uh, there you go. Uh, yeah, I guess okay. there's that. I always thought it was also partially due to the fact that uh, Dio was underwater for 100 years. Ah, yeah. I like that, too. Yeah. I do, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of like a golden superhero, gray skin, extremely buff. Uh, obviously, even, obviously. Even more muscular, honestly, than Star Platinum. It's got huge fucking shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as Polnareff and Dio are about to, to do their stand fight. But before they can engage in their fight, we must have Dio's philosophy corner. Oh, yes, yeah. Where Dio lays out that, that all people want is peace of mind. And, and to, to get peace of mind, that drives us to, to money, to fame, to, to dominance. So, hey, why not join me? I'm incredibly dominant, and you will be too. The benefits are amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there, there is a moment of weakness in Polnareff where he almost like buys into it again, mm-hmm. where, where he's thinking to himself, oh my god, am I seriously falling for this? He's so hot. <laughs> and that is when he is saved by Grandpa. Yay! Yeah, the, the rest of the gang appears. They punch a big old hole through the wall. It, it shoots sunlight into the room. Not quite enough to hit Dio, unfortunately. But it is like the light of deliverance. Like we, we have Polnareff's about to make it much more explicit, but there's a real light and shadow sim- symbolic dichotomy here. Yeah. 
our our three uh, heroes come back from the basement, do a simultaneous tough guy point. Yes, yeah, which all at is once. fucking awesome. <laughs> it's way cooler than their simultaneous iced tea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. Oh, I should mention right before this happens, when Polnareff and, and Dio are are about to charge at each other, uh, even in the English dub, Dio uh, shouts repeatedly "Muda, Muda, 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 Muda," which uh, mm-hmm. is a localization choice I like. Where in part one, there's a couple times where Dio shouts repeatedly "Useless, useless, useless." That is the translation of like "Muda, Muda," basically. Like it, you know, th- ah, uh-huh. yeah. It it is just a thing. It is a catchphrase of Dio to shout. It's futile. It's useless over and over and over again. But it it rolls off better when you say "Muda" instead of "useless." <laughs> so they just kept it the Japanese word for part three. It's it's interesting that they do that because like. In in the English subtitles, they do translate it to useless. Yeah, but only once instead of like over and over again. Yeah, and it's, and it's basically Dio's version of of JoJo just going ora because he he does muda a lot when he punches and stuff. Right, right, right. That also reminds me of the English dub. There is a thing that's basically completely removed that is like a kind of I guess a catchphrase of Dio's in part one, which is just spelled. W R Y Y Y Y Y Y Y, and in the <laughs> Japanese dub, it's just like a weird shriek he does, but it doesn't really work in English, so they just got rid of it. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that is like a, a JoJo meme a lot for for Dio specifically. But anyways, everyone does a cool ass point. They point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Dio bounces. He skips out of here. He knows he's not welcome in the coolest fucking way. Yeah, man. It's like it's like a white. He just sort of leans back and then gets yanked away in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> it it almost feels like his stand just grabbed him by the neck and pulled him. It looks really cool. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's about to give chase, but Polnareff stops them and goes like, Whoa, hey, hold on. I saw the world briefly. I have no fucking idea what its power actually is, but here's what happened to me. I can't go up the stairs. He's so focused on delivering this little bit of actionable intel that he has so so they can be as prepared as possible that someone has to remind him, hey, weren't you with two of our other best friends? Yeah. And, you know, he just says, you know, they didn't make it. They died. And, and everyone just has a moment where they react to that. They mm-hmm, just have mm-hmm. to process that briefly before they go, okay, we cannot, we can't stick around here. The sun is starting to set now and that's really fucking bad. So while we still got daylight, let's go after Dio. You think Arabia Fats could have killed Dio if he, if oh, he wanted shit. to? Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, right? Holy shit. That's like the best power to use against Dio. Just fill yes! the fucking room with your son. Whoa. <laughs> god damn man arabia fats like if you're doing power rankings based on who could beat who secret best stand user oh my god i never thought about how that would kill dio in an instant (laughs) that's great that rules so on instructions from their their little loser vampire who they keep in a bag only referred to as loser yes they (laughs) keep him in a bag they call him loser i'm like what what's his japanese name it's just the japanese word for idiot or something <laughs> yeah like he does not have a proper name yeah uh so so he's like oh yeah dio's dio's room is in the top of the tallest tower obviously it's fucking dio uh-huh. <laughs> so they go on up and inside it is seriously castlevania is all get out like oh yeah 
We got our stone, we got our torches, we got our tastefully monogrammed casket in the middle of this large circular room. Yeah, I don't think we we brought this up yet, but the first several Castlevania games, their setting and plot pretty closely mirrors the three first parts of, of JoJo. So we, we have this point of view camera going all around the room uh, in, in this like CGI uh, uh, environment, mm-hmm. which can directly connects visually Dio's mansion to the boat that dredged him up. Mm. I like this as a as a directorial choice. Very good. Yeah, it's cool. So yeah, they they they're surrounding one side of this uh of Dio's coffin here. The little loser vampire is terrified and he is trying he's groveling to Dio. Oh yes. Uh, you know, saying like, "Hey, I brought these guys here only because I know you can easily kill them." Oh, please Lord Dio, kill the give give these guys the most gruesome death as he he's slowly opens up the, the 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 coffin but before he gets the chance before he even moves toward the coffin we have to have one more final moment we, we have to like hit hit the save point the mm-hmm. point of no return yeah as everyone gets a little internal monologue uh it's it's the the in their own words version essentially of what the narrator applied to them before entering the mansion yeah so uh, Joseph's is all about how his like fucking bedtime stories were phantom blood and he knew that it was his fate to to uh, rid the world of Dio and you know Jojo's with him on this he he's always known that Dio was out there lurking for him no he fucking didn't we've been over this <laughs> yeah he he's only known about Dio for 7 weeks old man <laughs> stop lying and uh, Kakuin is again talking about like overcoming his fear and, and uh, being strengthened through this adversity to, to finally, I don't know, achieve self-actualization through vampire murder. <laughs> yeah. And Polareff has sort of pivoted to more like bearing the the burden of uh, his fallen comrades, Avdol and, and Iggy. And Jojo doesn't fucking talk ever. Jojo's <laughs> nope. mystique remains in his silence. Yep. And so once that happens, yeah, it, it's time for the little gremlin to, to open up the coffin. And, you know, the tension is building. He's opening it very slowly. We're about to, to see Dio in this coffin. And, you know, we got four stand users about to fuck him up. And as the lid opens up, we see a silhouette inside. And then the little gremlin's in the coffin and his jaw has been cut in half. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just... And we all have a moment like, wait, what was that? But, but I'm pretty... What What was that? <laughs> yeah. Like the, the gremlin guy, like... It's one shot of him opening it and then just being inside the coffin already. And he's just like, what the fuck happened? Help me. Oh, my God. What's going on? And yeah, no one, everyone's freaking out because everyone had their eyes on this the entire time. It's just one moment he's there, one moment he's in the coffin. Every time we get one of these small demonstrations of whatever the world can do, a different character is like, it's definitely not super speed. Yeah, everyone's thinking it's super speed at first, but now everyone at the same time basically is a chill up their spine like they're all about to die. Mm-hmm. And so they jump out the fucking window. This this daring leap through the window at golden hour. It's gorgeous. It's like yeah. really well composed. The lighting is just right. And Dio's mansion is so tall that this counts as skydiving because <laughs> we are having full conversations yep. on the way down. Polnareff was the last to leave. He was almost like frozen in place as he just felt something coming to, to, to kill him. He gets yanked out by the neck by Hermit Purple. 
it just like wraps around him and just pulls him out. They, as they're falling, they all uh, grab onto like little handholds on the outside of the mansion. Joseph compares the the feeling he, he felt, <laughs> yes. the, the fear, the presence of Dio to quote, "It felt like someone shoving an icicle up my ass," <laughs> which he hasn't experienced in like fifteen years now. <laughs> When he said that, it made me think about the Hamon icicle ladder trick he did. Yeah. It's like, maybe that happened. Maybe we just didn't see it happen on camera, but maybe he got an icicle up the butt at that point. Caesar's like, use your hands. <laughs> yeah. All right, my hands. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now that everyone's outside, they're, they're concerned because the sun is very quickly setting. They're losing their, their advantage here in the fight. Yeah, the, the vampire can now come out in, you know, his native habitat, nighttime. Yeah. Joseph is thinking that it's time to retreat and wait until d- day breaks again before going after Dio. Polnareff is having none of that. We're having a bit of a, a, a similar argument to uh, back in the hangman fight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Polnareff is so dead set on his way of taking out the, the opponent that he sets out on his own and breaks from the group. I mean, meanwhile, Joseph is here dedicated because, you know, his closest friend and, and companion taught him you only assault a vampire's, you know, a, a vampire's lair in the daytime, mm-hmm. neglecting to remember that Caesar died when he followed that advice. <laughs> yes. But that's not important. But yeah, Jotaro is just like, let Polnareff do his own thing. You can't stop him when he's like this. Mm hmm. They, everyone's starting to try and formulate a plan on how to take out Dio. The plan is essentially to escape, survive, and learn Dio's powers through evasion. Yeah. Whatever doesn't kill us is information we can use. Yeah. And so by this point, it is now officially nighttime. Uh, Dio's out. He's perched on, a to- on top of his mansion, just scouting stuff out like Assassin's Creed style. Uh, Kakuine and Joseph are working together. And they just pay a dude off to take his truck. Yeah, he has incredible comic timing. He has a very silly voice, but he's like, hey, you can't buy my truck. My truck's not for sale. He sees the fat one. It's all yours. (laughs) It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. And so Joseph and Kakuin are just driving around in this truck trying to get distance and outrun Dio. Meanwhile, Polnareff is staking out Dio, yeah. waiting for him to emerge, you know, for, for the hunt. And so <laughs> this is all Jojo's plan, essentially. He let Polnareff go off on his own so that they would have essentially a pincer maneuver. Yeah. That while Dio would be hunting one team, he would in turn be hunted in this uh, punchy, sneaky team split. Yeah, I like it. So yeah, Jojo just comes up behind Polnareff and is just like, hey, I got your back, bro. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Dio catches eye of the truck and starts following them. As he's strutting through Cairo <laughs> in his cape. Yeah, his like fucking like Amazing. red, red, like magenta cape. Because, you know, he's got this new look. You know, he's got this this black, like full body suit with the like yellowish orange pants and like crop top jacket on top. Tom of Finland ass bulge, by the way. Yes, yeah. Dio is packing. Dio's packing heat in part three, man. <laughs> so he's also got like a little highlight, a green. He's wearing knee pads. The knee pads are green and they're hearts. They're little hearts. Mm-hmm. And he's got the same on his elbows, I believe. You think that's why Darby and, and Ice were all hearted up? It's just like the yeah. uniform. If you're going to stay in the house, you got to have hearts. And so also he's wearing a green, like not tiara, but it's like a, a green headband that also has a big heart 
right on the center of his forehead. Mm-hmm. And he's got like those golden, um, multiple golden rings all up on his wrist, like five of them. Mm-hmm, he's got mm-hmm. those. But yeah, like he's got this new design, but he's also right now got this big cape on him that almost feels reminiscent of like a part of his part one design by the end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in here, we also get a, a uh, interstitial card for the world with all question marks for stats. No surprise, mm-hmm. but it, it is our clearest look, clearer than in the earlier scene of what the world itself looks like. Yeah. So Dio's just walking about in public now. He's in no hurry. He's Dio. Mm-hmm. He does the Terminator <laughs> walk everywhere, you know, but with style, of course, hand on one hip. But he he stops to just talk out, think out loud about like, hmm, cars, back 100 years ago we just had horses quote the automobile such impressive power and speed yeah this is this is blade three this is dracula walking around new york in blade three getting tattoos and shit oh man i tweeted this a while ago but when i watched blade three it was a tv version of it that had like family friendly swears like edit everywhere i saw the video somewhere it's real good they they changed motherfucker to drumstick oh my god how does that doesn't work at all there's a that doesn't work at all yeah it doesn't it's real bad maybe i'll repost that on twitter sometime there's a bit where ryan reynolds is like being you know tortured by other vampire people and he tells people he tells the lady vampire like suck on his dick and in in the edit it's why don't you take a a sugar frosted chum off my hoo-hoo that could have been the real line you know (laughs) blade three is kind of like that uh yeah the little vampire pomeranian whatever but anyways, so Dio finds, you know, exactly the car he's looking for. Uh, I, I guess it's sort of picked for him just because he wants to pick a fight. There's this bodyguard yeah. representing U.S. Senator Phillips <laughs> and saying, hey, you get away from from the senator's car here. You interestingly dressed, clearly a, a more important character than I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dio just grabs this dude by the wrist and just completely twists this guy's entire arm around. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, until he has a brand new joint. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fucked up. Even when it's kind of grayed over a little bit, it's fucked up. That's not the way arms are supposed to go. Yeah. And so Dio just gets in the the pass the, the backseat of the car where the, the senator is already in. And the senator, seeing that his bodyguard's arm has been completely twisted around, goes like, basically just goes like, oh, kids these days, so full of piss and vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> so this is Senator Phillips, apparently named for Wilson Phillips. Uh, a band most recently seen oh. in the film Bridesmaids. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering where yeah. the Bridesmaids connection was going to be when you tweeted about that. Uh, most famous for their song, Hold On. Okay, okay. Should bring up, in the OVA of this from the 90s, this character is voiced by Charles Martinet. Has he played anyone other than the Mario characters after he got the Mario job? Because it seemed like he had a pretty standard career pre-Mario, just doing all sorts of things for all sorts of places. But you never hear him not be an Italian jump man. He has voiced a couple other things. I forget what they all are, except for he voiced one of the main, like, evil dragons in Skyrim. Mm. Yeah, he has voiced a couple other very non-Mario style roles uh, in the past decade. They've usually been for video games, I think. Every once in a while, he does something other than Mario. Senator Phillips does not care a single iota about his bodyguard being maimed. He's just here to, like, check up on the Camp David Accords or something. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, And we get more mouth violence. Ah. Yay! (laughs) 
Yeah, as he's just like, oh, look at you, kids these days, Dio just nonchalantly reaches over and grabs the senator's two front teeth and just rips them out of his mouth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's gross. It's bloody. Now the senator is pissed off <laughs> as his teeth get pulled out of his face, and, and you know he won't take this. Dio just grabs him by the nose and throws him into the front seat and just says, fucking drive the car. So yeah, Senator Phillips is so upset, he starts giving the, the uh, achievement and awards section of his resume. <laughs> he talks about how he graduated valedictorian twice and, and all of these uh, uh, reasons that he's respected and feared. Yeah. And Dio doesn't give a fuck. No, absolutely not. Fucking drive the car. Which drives him mad. The, the idea that he would not be respected and deferred to convinces him he's in some sort of dream with no consequences and his will is entirely bent to, to Dio's uh, malevolence. Yeah. I like that usually people are charmed by Dio into becoming servants. This guy just breaks. Yeah. <laughs> he just be, um, gets broken so fast and just goes insane. So he he's twisted. He's physically abused. He's he's thrown into the front. So you're, you are the chauffeur now, Mr. Senator Man. Yeah. And, and driven absolutely insane, which is better than any senator deserves, honestly. <laughs> we, we could use more of this in America. Yeah. Where, where's Dio when you need him? <laughs> Dio could do some good work, honestly. Now, the problem here is, frankly, I don't think Mr. Phillips is in a state to drive no. right now. No. But he's gonna anyway. Yeah. And, and yeah, so they, they take off and begin chasing Joseph and Kakuin. Meanwhile, uh, Polnareff and Jojo are trying to hotwire a motorcycle. It's not going well because Polnareff is just touching wires together because <laughs> yeah. he's seen it in movies. He knows this is part of it, but it's just not working. They only have one motorcycle they're trying to hotwire, which makes me think, is Jojo going to ride behind Polnareff on one motorcycle? Because I think they're too big to fit. <laughs> I think these boys are too burly to fit. On one motorcycle together. We've said that so many times about so many back seats of cars, true. but they always find a way. Yeah, it's true. Actually, looking at the motorcycle, it is quite a large seat, so. <laughs> anyway, JoJo fixes the motorcycle Fonzie style. He just kicks it real good <laughs> yeah. and, and it revs to life. Yeah. Uh, now looking at Joseph and Kakuin, they they notice that there is a car following them now. Mm-hmm. And Joseph's talking about how he can sense when Dio is coming after them because of the like the bloodline connection to Jonathan's body and the, the connection all Joestars have. They can just tell when they're kind of nearby, but they can't feel like a, a precise location or, or anything. So that also goes for Dio, mm-hmm. which means that, that, that there's still a way for them to get like an element of surprise on him. There's no like real proximity alert with this this JoJo bloodline thing going on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like he he lays out the sort of uh, mechanics of it. Uh, uh, <laughs> you can sort of sense, but but not in a useful way. Like near, but how near is near? I don't know. What direction? Uh. Yeah. But the good thing is he doesn't know that about us either. It's blah 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 blah. Yeah. You know, it's it's a busy time of night. There's a big old traffic jam on the streets right now, and so Dio's caught in a traffic jam. And the center is just going, you know, hey, there's nowhere else for me to drive. You're telling me to drive, but I can't. And Dio just goes, there's a sidewalk, isn't there? Go go there. When you are Dio, life is GTA. <laughs> yeah. And so the senator, senator's mind breaks even more, and he goes even more insane as he just starts driving on this heavily 
populated sidewalk. They do not show him mowing down people, no. uh, which apparently was in the manga. But <laughs> yeah, but when we see this car in, in the future, there's a whole lot of blood on the hood regardless. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, the center is just like cackling and going like, see what I did for you, Lord Dio. You'll spare my life now, right? As he's just like... <laughs> He, his whole thing is like you couldn't possibly harm a senator uh, uh you know first i'm such a good servant but also i'm a goddamn u.s senator like dude they kill presidents sometimes <laughs> yeah like a guy just tried a few years ago yeah uh so the the car is is closing in on on joseph and, and kakuin and it's close enough now that kakuin goes like you know what fuck it and he just shoots hierophant green through the rear window of the truck to yeah, uh, yeah. just blast Dio point blank with an emerald splash. It doesn't quite work because of his emerald flick technique. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of the emeralds coming straight for him, Dio just f- flicks it aside with a finger, and it does the absolute perfect ricochet <laughs> to, to essentially create a, a, a chain reaction shield that diverts all of the emeralds away from him. Completely wrecks the backseat of the car. <laughs> yeah. but, but Dio is fine. Untouched. Yeah. Kakumin thinks, okay, because he did like a, a wide spread shot, like shotgun blast, basically. So like, okay, I'm just going to do like a concentrated fire, like a dozen gemeralds all like pinpoint at Dio and Dio's like nah fuck that and he just uses all five fingers to flick the whole blast away it just shoots mm-hmm. straight up and just tears the whole roof of the car off so now uh, Hierophant Green and the world are facing off against one another it's all Kakuin can do to have his stand escape uh, uh, but they learn the approximate 10 uh, uh, meter range of the world yeah. and its apparent lack of a, a ranged attack. It, it's it's a Star Platinum style yep. short range punchy stand. They know what they're working with. They, they know the limits that Dio has. Yeah. Uh, this, this was useful, even though the strain of it is causing blood to gush yeah. out of uh, Kakuin's bandaged yeah. eyes. Kakuin, like, has, like, Hierophant Green had both arms up, like, crossed to, like, block the punch. And, like, he blocked it, but it still fucked him up pretty good just from that single punch. Yeah, they, they get a they get a decent amount of info from, from that, so that's pretty useful. Joseph and Kakuin decide, or, or come to the conclusion that, like, you know, his range is so short that if there is a way to sneak up on him close up and get just one attack in on him, that might be decisive enough to defeat him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it turns out Dio does have a ranged <laughs> attack of sorts. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he, he uses his flying senator technique. Yeah, he just picked him up and just fucking chucked him at the truck. <laughs> <laughs> so hard that Senator Phillips goes through the rear window, bonks both uh, of our heroes in the front seat, flies through the front window, and that uh, uh, and so the car careens, nearly tips over, and and has and sideswipes into a building, exploding in in a fiery wreck. Yeah. Dio's out of the car just doing his his just sashaying towards the 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 wreckage of this truck and to uh finish them off but he he looks up to the the top of the building this truck is crashing into and sees that both Kakuin and Joseph are fine they actually had used both of their stands to basically web sling uh-huh, uh-huh. up to the top of the building I like this part because both of them figure out they can be Spider-Man <laughs> with their stands they learned it from watching the op Uh, (laughs) oh yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. i can do that there's me doing that uh so (laughs) 
As as they, you know, dust themselves off from this wreck and, and have escaped Dio, at least for the moment, on opposite ends of this very tall building, Kakuin gets serious, looks to the camera and Joseph and says, I know how to uncover the secret of Dio's stand. Oh, shit. And he pulls off the sunglasses while he does this. And that's the fucking cliffhanger. That's it. That's it. He he knows how to discover this information that has killed their opponents to, to keep quiet. <laughs> yeah. Like, and yeah, that's the end of episode 45 and of the uh, the three episodes we're covering today. What do you think of these three? This this is the, the ramp up to the finale. Absolutely. It, it feels grander. It feels uh, uh, more intense. Yeah. I feel like if I were watching it week to week, much less reading it uh, back in 1992, I think we're in 92 now. Yeah. The, the whole cutaway to Japan would have felt really out of place and uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. But like... In short binges, it doesn't feel it, it doesn't land that way so much. Yeah, I, I feel a similar way with part five of JoJo. So when we get to watching that, and we're doing it more than you know more than one episode a week. I think that's a show that's also going to feel very diff- different for a, a similar reason. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I like how everything ramps up to the the final fight with Dio. Uh, it feels you know it feels appropriately like more intense. The stakes are getting higher. The fight is. The fights are getting crazier. You know, two of the main cast got fucking killed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, already, like, it It feels real serious. And, like, I really like the direction. You know, of course, it happens in a similar way in the manga. But the way they animate everything and, and the direction of seeing Dio's stand power but having no fucking clue what it actually is is really fun. <laughs> um, uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I love the way they direct that stuff. I'm curious because, you know, there's so many memes of JoJo and just, you know, through cult- cultural osmosis do you already know what dio's stand power is i will say i think i do okay i'm not certain i but i think i do okay the the final fight with dio is a pretty fun one uh i'm really looking forward to next week which is the final three episodes of stardust crusaders That's right we end our watch next week yeah. very very exciting to oh my god so much of our show is stardust crusaders yeah right like I mean, so much of JoJo is Stardust Crusaders. It's the biggest one, obviously. But like, mm-hmm. looking back as a percentage, like, I feel like Phantom Blood was just like a day or two. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> and that we've been in Stardust Crusaders for an entire year. Yeah, it really feels like that. Yeah, the next two parts have been animated a little shorter than Stardust Crusaders, but not by that much. Only by like ten episodes. Stardust Crusaders will take roughly twenty episodes of this show. Oh wow! Okay, damn. You know, we joke about, okay, the real JoJo starts here, blah, blah, blah. Part four is where JoJo is just super quality from the get-go, basically. And it's it takes a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not figuring out as much stuff as part one, two, and three are. But I still really like the ending of part three a lot, the ending several episodes. It's just got a certain... Um, I don't know. It's it's probably one of the the final stretches of episodes in JoJo that feels like the most epic. I guess like if it's just like oh this is ramping up to a big fucking cool fight. This is the one I you know you go to for that. With two behind us, the endings are always fantastic. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so I I have I have expectations. I have hopes. I want Polnareff to do something <laughs> incredible. Yeah. To to dedicate to Avdol and Iggy like. Killing Vanilla Ice already is sort of pays that off, but I'd love to see him do something even more faced off against Dio, both for himself and, you know, the, the burden of his companions that, that he's uh, carrying now. Yeah. And and Kakuin to really prove himself, because 
frankly, if, if you break it down by the numbers, Kakuin hasn't done a lot. Yeah, which is a shame because, like, even though Kakuin, I also feel like, aside from Iggy, who's just, you know, a dog. Avdol has probably done least, but he can't right now. He's dead. Yeah. I feel like out of all of the main cast, you know, putting Iggy aside, because he's a little different, I feel like Kakuin is maybe the least defined of all of them, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. at least has, has had the least amount of, like, showing off his character. But whenever he has shown off his character, I like him a lot. Yeah, he's yeah. He's just, he's he's the funny goober go- good boy milf lover of the group. And I, I love that. He spent practically all of Egypt comatose, yeah. you know? And so he he was a really hard-fought, almost got him jobber, and I'd love to see him... I don't expect him to kill Dio. I don't think this story ends yeah. <laughs> with Kakuin killing Dio, but I want to see him do something that's really cool and only Kakuin could do. Yeah. That's my hopes. Yes. Yeah. I, like, I just like Kakuin. I want more of him. <laughs> right? And I want more of him that isn't him laying an egg. <laughs> Which is a thing we'll get to after we finish Stardust Crusaders. Of course we Of course we will. Kakuin, did you lay this egg? <laughs> is this your egg? No, it's Nanami's egg. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Why is that such a common thing? Everybody is, is having some interesting conversations in front of the egg lost and found. Uh, a, a lot of misconnections. Yeah. But yeah, I, I am so excited that I'm like, mm, do we have to wait a week? Maybe I can clear my schedule. Maybe we can. Oh, man. If you want to do it sooner rather than later, I am totally down for that. I'm, I'm hyped. I'm in it. I want to go. Yeah, man. Yeah. Dio's out. There's no one protecting Dio. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. Got, I guess... We got rid of the loser named loser. It's just Dio. Yeah, I guess one more thing to talk about before we're, we're done here. Like, we're, we're finally getting just, like, full-on Dio. Yes. Like, the whole series, Dio's in shadow, and now we're just getting him. You can finally see his face. I always think it's really fun when Dio is finally out and about and just doing his shit. It almost feels nostalgic. Yes. Because, like, part one especially feels like it's so far away now. And seeing part, like, a character from part one just waltzing around, it feel, it's kind of cool in a way. And I don't know. owning the place. Like, everything yeah. has this, this sense of escalation and development. And the, the whole world is so much bigger and stranger. And all these fighters are so much stronger. Dio doesn't care. Dio will tear you <laughs> apart. And he does not care. Yeah, j- just seeing something from part one come back in a way where it's still such a huge, crazy threat. I, I, I just love that so much. It is one of my favorite things about JoJo is how it just builds on every single part. And sometimes things from old parts might come back in a way that's really, really fun and interesting because there's such a cool contrast from part one and like, for, you know, just like a part one thing and a part three thing. They're both here together. That's mm-hmm, a fun mm-hmm. contrast. If Dio weren't pre-existing, you'd think he was made to be uh, uh, against JoJo. Like, because mm-hmm. Jotaro's whole thing is his unflappability. And like, what if someone was just as confident, just as cool, but he was sexy about it? What, <laughs> what if he was just a- as confident and assured all the time, but he actually talked to you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something else. Shit, what was it? Nah, it's gone. Thoughts gone. Damn it. We'll have plenty of time to talk about it next week and the week after, because just because again, just because we're done with Stardust Crusaders doesn't mean we're out of things to say. Uh, Two weeks from now, please expect another special guest as we talk about all of part three as a whole with a special focus on Q4, of course. But like, 
You, you can't talk about the end without talking about the beginning and the middle. Yeah, totally. I'm excited for these last three episodes. Yes, yes. We are in Dio's world. <laughs> we're excited. We're hyped. I know you are. Please spread the excitement. Spread the love uh, as we destroy this ancient vampire and his mysterious stand uh, uh, to, to save the 21st century from the, the evils of the 19th. <laughs> and we will join you in one week's time uh, to see just how uh, Jojo, his grandfather, his best friend, and his other best friend <laughs> do just that. All right. To be continued. See you later, everybody. He actually said it for the first time, I think. Oh, yep. It's bloody. And and, and Senator the, the Phillips senator, uh, starts like now the senator is pissed off <laughs> as his teeth get pulled out of his face. And, he's and, so you know, upset. he won't take this. He starts narrating. And Dio the, just grabs him by the are you nose me? and throws him into the front seat are you and hearing just says, me at all? fucking drive the car. Um, am I muted? Hello? Oh, I can't hear you. Did you you you, you cut out? Uh we've been I've Yeah, I do not hear oh, you now. Oh boy. I can see your uh Oh, huh? now I can hear okay. you. Okay, okay. That was strange. My computer just muted itself. Oh, that's going to be a fun part to edit. Uh- <laughs> oh, uh, okay, here. That's around an hour 20? No, no, no. It, it's just crosstalk. I can take care of crosstalk. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Okay. I, I, I don't like it, but I can do it. Uh- <laughs> okay.